Hey, everybody, welcome back to Pack Your Mics, the Top Chef podcast from the creators of Read It and Weep. I'm your host, Alex, back in the chair after being very, very well replaced. Nope. Even better. Chris was better than me because he didn't do that. Ugh. Why is that happening? Um, anyway, um, very uh, excellently replaced last week by Chris. Oh, Chris, gosh. thanks for holding down the fort. Sure, man. Everybody did great without me, um, which always feels like a mixed blessing. I am in Los Angeles with Megan. Hey, buddy. Hey. Also, we're joined in Northern California by Ez and Sarah. How are you guys? Good morning. Hello. Yeah. Joined in Brooklyn, New York by former host Chris. Hey, hey. And in Burbank, New Sarah and birthday boy Kyle. Hey, guys. Oh, that's that's amazing. You get a whole month as actually also happy Father's Day to Ezra. Oh, thank you. Yeah, nice, nicely done. D- did it paying dividends still. And uh, to all of the fathers listening, happy Father's Day. I hope you get a um, all the fathers of the pods. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. D- pod dads. The pod father. The pod fathers, of course. Um uh, and uh, sorry you guys didn't get a Top Chef challenge like mothers did. I'm sure you'll get over it. I don't know. Dads love history and the Oregon Trail. You That's know. true. They yeah. yeah. Dads sure love citric acid. <laughs> Dads do. Classic powdered citric acid dads. We Pat all know. Oh, yeah. um, Dad out on the grill. <laughs> so, Drinking some weird hacked lemonade. Yeah. Um, so this week we're talking about season 18, episode 12 of Top Chef. It's something cheese-related in the title. I don't remember what it was. Before we talk about that episode, though, I just want to ask, how did you guys enjoy the show without me? Oh, this seems loaded. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I got to say. Phone a friend? Go ahead. Yeah. Um, the thing I will say yes. is that Kyle's comment about maybe Top Chef would be better without the three main judges. Yeah has infected me and Tanya like a mind virus. <laughs> and that now we are so confident in this fact what? that every time we're like, oh, you know, this is like a Doctor Who don't you think she looks tired moment where it's like, you know, uh, maybe maybe Gregory could have just introduced that Oregon Trail thing by himself. Like, I, what? Boy, that was, I was uh, having a great time with the show and then Kyle got real rowdy. I I love suggesting firing Tom and Pat. No, I mean, not firing, and it's not because we don't love them. Everybody's the the people that everyone knows and agrees are the heart and soul of Top Chef. And you were like, I would be fine without them. Well, what if Top Chef had a dozen hearts and souls? Look, I love that panel, and I have I I think the the panel has been a great addition this year. And I especially last week where we got to see Kish introducing everybody to their family letters. Ah was like, oh, you are great at hosting TV. These are great people. But you don't need to fire Tom and Padma in order to have the panel as the season where you have both as proven. But what I'm trying to say is I, I wonder what would happen if the show was not just giving them a larger role throughout the season, but having them be the voice of the show to, to see how this the seasons would have difference if it was like Kish was the primary voice from episode one to the finale. Not this interesting spice that comes in for four episodes. I mean, like, if you yeah. want that, can't you watch her show that she's hosting? No, because it's not about people becoming better chefs. It's not Top Chef. I love Top Chef because of like what its end goal is. Her show is she finds dishes 
they find like cool iconic dishes from other restaurants and recreate them which is interesting but i don't i would love to see the types of chefs and types of cooking that come out of a season that she's the primary mentor for all i look all all i want is for our listeners to quickly inoculate themselves against this mind virus we don't (laughs) need to do this there's, uh, just yeah. get get your vaccine, uh, and then when Tom and you meet Tom and Padma, I'm going to be the only one who doesn't have any splaining to do. Okay, that's fine. I'm happy to do splaining, <laughs> but I'm also happy to move on and talk about this next episode because I could I, I could be on this topic for a I long. I have one more time. thing I want to say from last week. Okay. Uh, I had some fun. I had a great time listening. You guys did an awesome job. Um, the one thing that was the best part of it though was when you were doing um, what one spice would you put in a or what one thing would you put in a box for the other people. And Megan and I absolutely would have won the newlywed game, which is admittedly not fair because we're oldly wed by a while. But we both picked smoked paprika. That was my first thought. And that's what she gave me on the show. It was a delight. And um, I wish the people on the airplane next to me could have been as excited as I was. Smoked paprika update. Have you ever tried Spanish pimentone? Indeed, we have. Yeah. I mean, my... Um, my favorite is the Dahlia brand Ooh. Uh, from Spain. Mm-hmm. Uh, nice. That one, if you can get it, is what you can on the internet. You can, yeah. And also in Spain, but um, it's just, it's just, just so bro. amazing. Oh. Yeah, Pimentón. Uh, I feel like it's it's like just the shot in the arm that smoked paprika needed. You know, yeah. it's really fun. I like it a lot. Um, oh, speaking of flavor uh, suggestions, Ez and Sarah, did you get to taste the gross chips from Whole Foods? No, not yet. Oh, you said no. you're going to. Oh, but we. I did. I did buy your new Trader Joe's um, dill mustard. Oh, what do you think? Uh, we have. We just got it yesterday. I haven't tried it yet, but it's there. It's, it's on our breakfast shelf. time. Go for yeah, it. Go get a spoon. <laughs> what are you waiting for, dude? <laughs> a uh, live taste test on air. We've never done that. Spoon, 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 spoon. spoon, spoon. <laughs> <laughs> See, Chris. Sometimes you have to tell the people no. Um, it's an important host job. I'm not. Going to eat mustard on this podcast right now. But I was immediately sold as soon as you said it. I was like, well, I'm buying that mustard. All right. Let's uh let's get into the show um now. All right. Uh, so this week on on episode twelve, uh one of the most interesting things about Oregon, obviously, is that a lot of people are not from there. And I'm not just talking about the current dreaded Californians. I'm talking about back in the day when if you wanted to live in Portland, you had to walk from St. Louis. Wow. So for their last challenge in Portland, the chefs are tasked with making 100 dishes, but then are only able to carry three back to camp. Uh, no, that part's not true. But the, they can only use things found on the Oregon Trail, like oxen, bullets, sets of clothes, and for some reason, a bag of citric acid, which... <laughs> Um, is so suspicious sounding that I'm sure it's real. Um, and they did have some fun facts on the screen telling you this is real because we know you're not going to trust it. And so I did some Googling and it, uh, yeah, it was not, not super much for flavor, but a lot to keep you from getting scurvy. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah, and it was basically you just like ruined lemon juice and then you had a more packable citric acid. Uh, yeah. And here's the thing. It clearly worked because I played that game a bunch. I never once died of scurvy. Yeah, I got so many other things to die of, but never that. What's the what would powdered grapefruit have, have cured us of dysentery? Like, what would have what would have taken from that? Um, I think the thing for that is digging a deeper latrine, but I could be wrong. Uh, I'm not going to do manual labor. 
I'll just let my, one of my various crushes die and then have her name be on her gravestone. No, they're all in Ezra, Ezra 1, Ezra 2, Ezra 3, Ezra is 4. You, is that how you played? No, I, I, oh. I named after friends. No, oh, we, no, no, no. I, I named after uh, objects and things I like, like pizza. Uh, <laughs> oh, no, pizza broke its leg. Yeah, pizza my daughter, Butter leg. Noodles, broke her arm. Like, <laughs> Boy Meets World has, has frowned. <laughs> Always Ford, by the way. Yeah, this that's the cheap way to do it. That's save the money, Ford the River. It's worth it. Um, cock it, cock it, or, or, or GTFO. Yeah, exactly. That's my. Otherwise, what's the point? Um, I also, I what I liked about that game was that there's a thing at the beginning where you're like, "Would you like to be rich?" And if you say yes, it's easy. And if you say no, it's hard. And that is a valuable life lesson. Mm-hmm. If Truly. given the option, just choose to be rich. It makes things a lot easier. I think it gives unrealistic expectations, though, of how people get to be rich before they get born in real life. Oh, um, yeah. You know, because it's like, oh, you should have just chosen to be rich, guys. You messed up. <laughs> that was your fault. You shouldn't have picked hard mode. I can I can tell you for sure, in case you're wondering at home, if you're like, I might try this game. If you sell all your sets of clothing, you don't get to see the people naked. <laughs> tell you that from experience. Um, they're still anim- mostly that game was a hunting game, right? That was the first hunting simulator. I mean, it sort of gave you unrealistic expectations again of uh, over over hunting and over fishing and such. Yeah, it, it's fun instead of sad. Um, anyway, so it's a, it's a lightly Oregon Trail themed episode uh, or beginning of episode. Showed us beef cured salmon, made him look like a jerk, and then there was something fishy about Don's porridge. But on the other side of the wagon train, Gabe's flat trout lit a campfire under the judges, only to be passed at the last moment by Jamie's salmon, which was moving at a grueling pace. I think Ooh. it won because of her. It was, uh, okay. First of all, I loved everything in Thank that you. description as a classic Oregon Trail 2 person. But uh, yeah, I, I got to say those parsnips that Jane made must have been awesome. Yeah, because, the, the, the crunchy bits. You know, normally it's not just like, you know, you have a sauce, you have a fish. Okay, like those better be darn good. And they were good, but mm-hmm. I think the parsnips won it for her. Yeah, the walnut pepper sauce sounds totally good. But yeah, the the crispy fried um, parsnips on top are awesome. Um, it also made it feel very Oregon Trail-y, I think. It wasn't like, yes. as, it didn't feel as like composed a dish. It was, she served it in a bowl. It's something that like, it is elevated but you could sort of like imagine eating this as part of the rich camp on I mean, the oregon trail if you yeah pick. if you if you picked teacher as your occupation you're definitely eating porridge where it still tastes fishy because they didn't clean out the pan yes that seemed very realistic for me was don's experimental uh fish oatmeal wow Oof. yeah they they go on jamie later from pairing fish with cheese but fish with oatmeal <laughs> yeah come on i mean is, is that a common uh, Wait, I, mean, look, I think we had some definitely situations where we uh like when we were in asia like they're just there's some porridge based things that have like him little dried fishy yeah. bits in it that's it's, it's, a, it's a thing yeah, no, Maybe that's a dried fishy thing. bit, but like the broth being fish bit i mean look i'm open to it if it worked but the fact that all the judges were very clear that it did not work is what i'm yeah. going on here so if that look, is doable she did it wrong look yeah. you miss 100 percent of the fish fish porridges you don't take <laughs> yeah. so <laughs> Yeah, it was it was going to be like a high like you're either going to totally win with that and be like, "Wow, this is such a good good on theme," or it's like, "Well, you made porridge." Okay. I was really expecting Shota's like jerky cured salmon. I'd never heard of that, but that sounded like it was going to be incredible and then it turns out to have just been a whiff. Maybe should've, just should have been wetter. Should have been wetter. Here's oh, a question yeah. for y'all cuz cuz we had a a new 
like last gasp Portland icon in food, uh, Vitaly Paley. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Vitaly. Um, did y'all know about this guy? Oh, we so, sure did. We sure did. I'm so glad you mentioned um, Paley because last week there was the guy from Le Pigeon um, was on. And well, it was like yeah. one of the few Portland chefs on all season. You almost exclusively saw him from the back. And as exciting as it is to have a Portland chef on, clearly no one there had heard of him because when they introduced him, everyone was like, oh, cool. Um, it was a very, it was a letdown, uh, but I was excited to see him. But Paley is amazing because he yeah. is um, Dougie's mentor. So if you guys uh, like Doug and Gregory, oh. and Gregory, was it also Gregory? Doug That's worked what he for said him. On the, but, yeah, yes, so- Gregory said he was a mentor. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So Doug worked for him, was like his executive chef at one of his restaurants for a while. So During his season. During his top chef yeah. season. Yeah. And okay. then he went off on his own. So he is like a top chef uh, godfather as well. And we've eaten at a couple of restaurants. Um, our favorite thing we got is he he did a Russian high tea service using like his grandmother's tea stuff um, in, the, in, in a uh, hotel lobby, basically, like mm-hmm. a, a hotel lobby restaurant. Anyway, it was insane. It was so good. Yeah, that was fun. I really liked it. That's um, also just like a really cool idea. It's so cool. Yeah, it was so cool. Um, and um, he had a he had a he had a fancy restaurant with like a casual pizza place attached to it. And nice. He's opened up. Yeah, he really has been like opening important restaurants around Portland forever. He's like one of the one of the origins. So very cool to see him. And he got such a better introduction than Le Pigeon Guy, where Gregory was like, this is my friend. Here's all of the things I love about him, which was yeah. such a great way I to call see him. I him my uncle. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It was great. I was very excited to see that. Well, the look cool. guy was introduced like a Bond villain. Yeah, right, right, right. That yeah. was the neck tat first, as you guys mentioned. He's won a lot of awards and stuff. <laughs> he is okay. he is well known in Portland. Super well known. Yeah, I, I was yeah. I was impressed they got him, and then I remembered only we knew who he was, and they were not as excited. Yeah, he's, he's single handedly keeping the pigeon population down in Portland. Oof. Um, yeah, I liked that he cooked pigeon to be near, like to his namesake. That was important to show off. But um, yeah, he does like a foie gras ice cream it's situation. A, no, it's, it's a French it's very, meat yeah. thing. We, mm-hmm. So we've never been to pigeon, but um, yeah, I think people... we did go to one of his restaurants for dessert once. <laughs> but that was about it. He, yeah, pigeon is like one of the like most like famous fanciest places in Portland. Mm-hmm. So. Um, that was cool, but definitely, if if ever, I don't know if it's returned, but if Paley's doing his Russian tea service, highly recommend. Um, final thoughts on quick fire before we move on. Somebody Again, just ran I, away. I love a no stakes quick fire at this stage where it's just like, yeah, hey, we're gonna do something, and okay. Or I guess, wait, no, there were, there were stakes. You, yeah. you could win half an hour's worth of. You time. want half an hour? Yeah. I I love a prize that in the end no one remembers. That's yeah, perfect. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, they didn't highlight it at all, like yeah. have Jamie, you know, cooking by herself for a while or anything. Didn't like that. help. Although did. she did she yeah, did she helped. She helped everyone else. Oh, that's true. Probably she, with ooh. her half hour. Yeah. I didn't even friends. realize that. Yeah. Yeah. Well the last the one thing I want to ma- say about the um uh quickfire was when Jamie won, she didn't make any sound effects. Padma g- gave a few QQs. Yes. Um, do you feel like we're reaching Jamie, like she's exhausted, too exhausted oh, for yeah. sound effects. Oh, Jamie or... is definitely uh, out of gas on this episode for sure. Yeah, she, um, she was. She, it was nice that she had. She was able to have that win after how emotional last week was, and kind of how grueling this elimination challenge was. Like, 
We'll get yeah. to it, but like I think that is it's one of the hardest challenges I can yeah. think of in a while. I would have liked to have seen her advantage be only having to do cheese four ways. That would have been fun. Ooh, or make yeah. it someone else that do cheese an extra way. Yeah. Or what? Or, like, no. like you punish you punish the rest of the teams. It was like now you guys have to do cheese six ways. You have to do six ways. Or um she gets five ways, but we're gonna whisper three ways in her ear that she can borrow. <laughs> Here's a cheat sheet with some of the ways. Cheat um, sheet. A cheese sheet. Yep, you're right. All right, mm. moving on. Um, for the elimination challenge, things get dangerously cheesy. The chefs first they travel to the Oregon coast and have an authentic Oregon coast experience, where they first visit the Tillamook Cheese Factory and get a tour that lasts for a very short time and isn't much to look at. Then they go to Cannon Beach and, despite it being the middle of summer, have to wear puffy coats and beanies. They were so cold. They were so cold, which is true of every time I've been to Cannon Beach. It is, boy, the Oregon coast is beautiful and frigid. Um, Then the show deviates from the normal trip by having the chefs use the excellent Tillamook cheddar too many ways. It's based on the famous dish by Massimo Batura, the multi-Michelin star Italian chef who has a dish featuring Parmigiano-Reggiano five ways, and apparently... All five are good, so why not do that with cheddar, besides the obvious reasons? Shota Shuda's straight to the top. His five ways are manjud dashid, smoked oiled, tofu'd miso'd, and twilied. He wins, twilled, twilled, of course. He wins easily. He's the only person in the top. On the bottom, Gabe plums the depths of his previous slow-roasted fruit success with an apple and these five, oiled foam, curded, sauced, and chipped. And it's good, but the problem is the apple is the star of the show, and so his apple a day keeps winning away. Um, he's kind of on the bottom. Um, I'm sorry, Gabe. You made the mistake of cooking another food too well. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, his food was good. It was clear he wasn't on the bottom. bottom it's weird yeah. that they made it a bottom, but he was not the bottom. Yeah. Um, also on the bottom, Don Cheddar's the judges oil-basted, salted, uh, or sauteed, uh, gougered, foamed, and subiste. Um, Subid, but she Philly cheese steaks her place in the record book by being the first chef on the show's history to leave parts off a dish three weeks in a row and not get punished for it at all. Woof. Also uh, on the bottom, Jamie, sweet, sweet weirdo Jamie, sweet tired weirdo Jamie. Her Tillamook is crispied, spatzled, spiced, brothed, and pickled. And the judges finally let her live her dream of getting eliminated for the second time. <sighs> She's pewed her last pew. <laughs> When uh, you guys didn't mention this, but when she was getting trying to limit herself last week, she even cries weird. She still makes noises while she's sad, and it was like a boat. It was very strange. Don't say weird. Okay. Just say like trademarkable. Yeah, I, I'm <laughs> yeah, not here you. to judge how people. <laughs> I, I uh, weird is not an insult from me. Um, boat is not an insult. Love boats. Um, but yeah, she. Uh... <laughs> boat is not an insult. Is a great great T-shirt. <laughs> Who's upset at being a boat? I don't know. Boats seem to like it. I think I can make boat an insult. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you plan for that for later. Anyway, I love Jamie. I Jamie is on like her restaurant in Vegas on my very short list of places to visit. None of this is an insult, but she did seem like she wanted to go, and she, um, yeah, she did pew her last pew. I I wonder how much that affected the judges that she really wanted to go because I mean let's just start the the main controversy here is um Don versus Jamie um who which is the bigger sin putting uh fish with cheese even though it's pretty good but seeming like you want to leave versus leaving off part of your leaving off one of your um crispy bits one of See, your gougeres. 
I didn't. I didn't interpret it that way. It seems like they thought Jamie's dish was not super successful yeah. compared. Boy, yeah, to Don's I don't. Anyway, and and I like I know Brooke was like uh, very sweetly disappointed that she didn't get a, a crispy thing, but like that dish seems to be on the whole better. And even though she left a part out, I think they thought it was a more successful interpretation of the challenge and better tasting. I don't think I've seen a more like hard to read judges table about a dish than I have with Jamie on this one. It was hard. Like if you told me they loved it or they hated it and then gave me that same edit, I would not know either way. It seemed like they were not clear. I like sometimes it sounded like it was not successful. And other times they said things that sounded like they loved it. And I just don't know. It, it, I think it, it it's part of the thing that it's the final four, so they're going to edit it to make it sound like more epic and like they're right for having these final four. Yeah, uh, it, I, I would. I read more that like hers might have been actually bad, and also it didn't meet the brief because the big thing that they kept hammering was it didn't have five distinct uses of cheddar there were three really good uses a bad sauce and then something that i forget what the fourth was or the fifth was but so so they were crispy and spades old spiced brothed and pickled so she had pickled um cheese curds which sorry brief brief aside if you go to the tillamook cheese factory the best part is just getting a handful of cheese curds and oh yeah chewing on some squeaky you just cheese. like reach it's... into the vat are they cool with that no they sell them you gotta pay for it <laughs> but um so hey y'all can. cool <laughs> yeah. but yeah it is Oh man, I love me a cheese curd, but the pickled cheese curd sounds awesome. But she had. That's so, it? Oh, I mean, yeah. I mean, I'm sure it was good. I'm sure everything that the chefs made was good, but pickled cheese. That, I don't I, know. Sounds great. That never sounds imagined. Very you do, interesting. Alex. <laughs> what? Because you should go to your your fridge, <laughs> grab yourself no. some mustard. No, I don't think so. Take a big spoonful. <laughs> I don't think I'm gonna Spoon. do it. Spoon. I don't think I'm gonna do it. Spoon. But I do. So I thought. I thought. Yeah. She like this is a problem that a few of them had where it was like two or three of your five ways are sauces and if you have three sauces they sometimes kind of merge so she had like a broth and a sauce and they mm-hmm. seem kind of yeah together yeah it's a bento box issue i agree yeah exactly I, if this had been better separated um, yeah i i feel like doing you know making like a spetzel making some other stuff like showed good technique but composition wise i agree it just seemed like the dish wasn't as successful for the judges on the whole now don i mean obviously dale in particular was troubled that one out of 12 people didn't get a crispy thing but all the judges who were making decisions got the crispy thing and her food was better and i yeah so i i I, this is this is very controversial on the internet currently and i don't i feel like if you leave something off your dish and your dish still rules that doesn't bother me that much um it well, is, it was one of the briefs. That but it had exactly five ways, this time, right? I, like the last two, didn't bother me as much. But this one, you're required to have five ways and twelve portions, and one of the portions has four ways. That feels to me like you did not do the brief. No, that's not not doing the brief. Like you also got. I mean, when it comes to like leaving stuff off, it is a very annoying thing as a viewer to see someone, especially when they've done it multiple times. But, like if you look at this plate she made there's so many individual components that i think that is one of the other challenges of this is you have to come up with a complicated dish like from a plating standpoint because you have to put these five different forms of cheddar and any other ingredients you have on there so like forgetting to put a gougere I think it's a gougere. Or, yeah, I, a gougere, which I, it kept sounding like gruyere, so I thought she was making a different cheese out of her cheese. That's um, impressive. 
And then uh, I want to be a whale on Twitter said that their subtitles actually called it Gruyere instead of Gougere, which was oh. very aggravating. So, um, yeah, very strange uh, um, choice from the terrible subtitle people. But yeah, it, 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 apparently a Gougere is a crunchy bit of cheese and it sounds awesome. Oh, it's yeah, like it's, a a, it's a cheese puff. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, but, a cream puff with cheese instead of cream. I'm into it. Um, I'm here for it. Look, if you see, look, there are five components, five five cheesy bits uh, times twelve people. Six that's fifty. That's sixty uh, of them, and she got fifty nine. Like that's a ninety eight point three three percent like complete mm-hmm. rate. Like yeah, I'm sure she like she nudged out uh, Jamie by at least that much, right? So it's like maybe so, she had a, a lower ceiling of what she could get. But, but you like, but she, you don't think that five ways was the brief that that was the required thing I mean, to if do? If she only Oof. prepared four ways for everyone, then that's definitely a problem. But like that's like this is like a. But if it's twelve plates and you serve eleven plates, you have to go home. It, listen, it's Top Chef, not Top Expo. <laughs> Ooh, I want to watch Top Expo. Um. Yeah, I think the uh, the the World Expo was is my top. Also, the Montreal the Expo is top five. Yeah, the Expo Center that one's up there. Well, I'm, um, I'm I'm using Expo in the term of expediter. I know you are Ex- okay. classic expediter. Wait I, a second. I, look, you have wait a number a second, of things to do. You didn't wait, do the what's, number. Let's wait a second. Hang on. Well, I'm just thinking. It, I don't know if it excuses Don at all, but someone totally could have shared their Gruyere. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, really, Dale should be mad that he was... Maybe that's what... Dale was just mad that he was asked to share his, his Gougere. That would upset That me. makes so much more sense now. <laughs> Dale was told to cut, like, a quarter to a third of his Gougere off, and he's like, damn it! Three weeks <laughs> yeah. in a row! Dude, I was going to run it back and get this. four of these. Yeah. <laughs> I... I, I Look, I mean, it just... T- it, literally, your brief is five ways. You did four ways. I feel like you didn't do it. I think but, that... This seems like a just not... But she did it. Rules. That's the thing. It's, it's well, not that she it, didn't make it. I, I, I actually... Five ways, 12 plates. I yeah. have less of a problem with this because... Like yeah, it's it's frustrating, and I'm I'm frustrated on behalf of Dawn, like having this like repeated thing that I can tell is really upsetting her. Um, and it's badly timed since the rest of her food seems to be like hitting its its peak at exactly the right moment. But like, I, I it just read to me like Jamie's dish was genuinely worse, and and like we're saying she was gassed. I think it was clear to all of them that like she had given all she she had to the competition and was ready to be done. And I'm sure then in those cases, those are the sort of like fringy editorial calls that the producers slash Tom just make then, you know? Yeah, I, I definitely seems like Jamie made a worse dish. I it, Like if this if it weren't for the literal number being the challenge, I would have no problem at all with her not going home. But I feel like and I don't like even the three in a row is more of just like an interesting problem as opposed to like an actual eliminatable problem. Um, but I, I think if the brief is 12 dishes with five ways, you have to serve five ways on all 12 dishes or you literally didn't do the challenge. This feels like the sort of thing you would get sent sent home for for a rules violation so, as so opposed to just Alex, a bad dish. Just to just to poke into it, let's say I really didn't do it, right? Whereas like I I did um like I only did four ways, right? And mm-hmm. by your logic, would we be tied, Don myself? Because like we what? both would have fulfilled the brief, right? We both would have like been like so if, if oh so if so like if I really if, like if just two like, people failed the brief, yeah, sure. If two people both don't do the brief, you could compare who was further away from it. But if could, everyone else turns in five ways and you turn in four ways on well, one of your plates, so I feel like that's a different. I want to say part of the brief though also is the food that is good and distinct ways. And since Jamie fell down, I think harder on those. Then that's well, why. 
okay, I'm I'm not I'm not crazy that that's a different like that's impl- that's a thing that is important for judging, but it's mm-hmm. not a rules violation if it's not delicious. It's a disappointment, but it's the brief doesn't say if it's not good you are cheating. Well, it says these are the ways you have to do this dish. No. I, I think they, oh, go okay. ahead, Megan. Oh, I was just going to say it's their show and they make the rules, and clearly this totally. was not a rule violation that would send her home because it didn't. So. Yeah, yeah they just exactly. check. They're like, this doesn't feel right. So it, it feels more fair in some ways to think of this as like having this sort of objective standard, but it never will. Well, yeah, I I do think if you're gonna like, I'm also for leniency for people, uh, for sure on something like that. If it wasn't three in a row, I the combination of that, those two things is like, it's really tough to see somebody else I love get eliminated because when someone else like is consistently not finishing their food, and I yeah. I guess I'm a little surprised that no one else is annoyed by that. Dale, you and Dale. <laughs> well, me and Dale for sure. Um, I, I also think. Well, let me. Jade number one on Twitter says I was willing to forgive Don's first miscount because of the injury. Um, seriously, who invented such dangerous equipment? But this is the third week in a row of missing items. I agree with Dale. It's not something that top. It's not something a top chef does. And then in parentheses, I'm also just resentful for her causing our likable Portland chef to go home. Which is yeah. certainly a team that I am on. I feel like if Dawn hadn't sent Sarah home uh, by lying, I would be less angry at her. I totally wait by lying. Well, I don't think we no no I don't agree. I think a lot of people have been demonizing Dawn and and for a lot of things this season. Not just you. I think on the internet that's the sentiment, and I don't think that's really fair i would like to, i would like to as as aggressively as possible distance myself from other people on the internet who have problems with dawn because mine are not theirs and theirs are bad a lot of the time yeah, I'm but not I in also, that camp. I just she said three times on camera i'm making a cold dish and then she served a hot dish and tom said sarah's dish was bad because it followed a hot dish that feels like uh that feels like a problem to me yeah, I mean, she listen. submarined her team in a way that is not pleasing. And then to like not fill the briefs, it feels like your your food is amazing. If you just followed the rules, you'd be great at this. I I just I listen. It's subjective, but my my problem with like I think I would have had more of an issue with Jamie, who was my longtime my favorite, going home this week if it hadn't been so clear that she was much happier leaving the competition. For sure, yeah, this was a favor to her. I think yeah. she and there was her some at some level. I think she. And I don't not not that I think she like threw this or whatever. I think she still tried, but she was saying like I don't know why I chose to do this dish. Like my heart wasn't in it. Like she was she's done. And I, For sure. I it's always sad to see people go at this point when they're all really talented. But like I think some people just need to recognize when this is not the situation they're thriving in. And I think this was kind of the best outcome for her. So I'm not going to like hold anyone else accountable for that happening. I think it was, I think at the end of the day, it's on Jamie and she seems at peace with it. So she danced out of the kitchen after packing her knives. She like, it's the only time I've seen the like exit package where in the slow-mo video, they're like Bounding out of the kitchen. Yeah, I just like, wish. Yeah, whenever I'm done that, with uh, competition TV. Whenever somebody's happy like that, though, I wish they had been. Like, it feels like the producers forgot to mention you don't get to go home. You're still in a hotel until the end of the show. You don't have to cook, which is easier unless you get called up as a Sue. But everyone is like, "Oh, I'm so stoked to go home," and then they find out that you're just in the in the other hotel. Maybe they get their phones back though. Well, probably not actually. Rad. Yeah, getting your phone back would be a good start. I no, I'm, I think like I said in the in the description, I'm happy for her getting finally getting her wish. Um, I yeah, 
the the there is a there's a lot of like conspiracy nonsense with Dawn that is like awful and also racist, and that's not what I'm saying at all. Just to be clear, well, I don't think. Please don't any... lump me in with the internet, Sarah. <laughs> okay, I'll try not to. I, I I just think like with Dawn, the the only place where I'd be sort of like questioning is with the tofu challenge because of her versus Byron. They made the exact same dish, so you have to just trust what everyone talking like said they tasted but with yeah. last week and with this week i think there's just a clear there's a clear divide between the quality of the dish she made even if she left one component off one plate well one thing that's happened is we and this happens with a variety of chefs of the years dawn is one of those chefs on the show who is a brilliant chef and time management is not her best skill mm-hmm. because she also needed jamie to plate her dish uh, she completely ran out of time to finish the dish even still. And so, and that's not the first time either. And like, this yeah. is the fourth time she's left something off the dish. Cause her first challenge, right. She left like the whole curry off or not the first challenge. There oh, was, there the, was something where, yeah, the, it was. where it's like, Oh, yeah. 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 She left the sauce off entirely. So she's just, like, I mean, it seems so hard and this is a oh, skill yeah. that you need nowhere else. Like right. if it's in your restaurant, if it's like two seconds later, then no one cares. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You just, right? yeah. like I always, when somebody brings out my food, uh, I do tell them to stop touching it. And then if it's not on the plate, it's done. I yeah. do say that a lot. <laughs> also like these are things that could have gotten her eliminated any other week, if she, if no one else had made other mistakes, that, yeah, yeah. So this like she she made in the tofu challenge, she couldn't win that round because she left something off a plate. So like that did come back to bite her. And then the other two times, it's like it's a question of whether that was the most egregious mistake made of all the dishes. Yeah, it definitely feels to me like she has a she has a tr- has trouble with time management and her cooking is so good, she's overcoming that disadvantage every time. And that is uh hugely to her credit. Yeah. It's very impressive. Yeah. And it makes me want to I mean, see her final. Yeah, I'll I'd love to that. see her final menu for sure. I'd love or at least the first three courses that she turns in. Yeah, sorry Megan, what's that? Oh who was it that also had trouble plating this episode um, and needed help from Jamie? Shoda. Like it was just Shoda, yeah. yeah, everybody needed J- Jamie's help. Jamie, it um, was just with those five ways. It's just like a very complicated dish. Well, so let's talk about the five ways. Um, Jane on on uh, Facebook, I believe, asked what what cheese do you think you'd excel at five ways? <sighs> Honestly, none. Like this I is- kept like I, I kept thinking like, all right, how'd I do this? And I'd get to, I think like maybe four and then my brain would shut down i think well so there's one that's a gimme from looking at these dishes which is cheddar oil um every all four of them figured out cheddar oil or at least three or four of them figured out cheddar oil so that's definitely a gimme can Um, we can we expand the brief of this one this question just to any if you can find any single ingredient that you would do five ways and be happy about it because i feel like that's just it's just really challenging um, five ways is tough I watched an Iron Chef carrot battle carrot recently, and there was definitely some five way carrot stuff that was awesome. Um, well, the the good thing with carrots is you also have the tops. You get you get tops. You can also yeah. juice it, and you can make so you could do like uh, you could do an awesome like carrot ice cream because um, carrots that are really carrot. You also you get carrot top the comedian as well. Yeah, you get carrot. Yeah, mm-hmm. so you get some sort mm-hmm. of a prop mm-hmm. comic. Um, yeah. Uh, and you could do you could do a carrot puree. You can also do like a, a thin carrot and then fry it and make a little crispy bit. I, I think carrot would be my pick for that. 
anything with a top and a bottom. Like even potatoes have those like sure. sort of leafy things. You could do with potato Wait, starch. Wait, poisonous. Do... Yeah. poisonous. One of the ways can be poisonous. Yeah. Come on, man. Everybody's allergic to yeah, stuff. Cheddar Everybody's... poison. Where were yeah. the cheddar poisons in these dishes? <laughs> yeah. I was going to say fennel. You know, fennel. Yeah, fennel's a good one, actually. Fennel's yeah. perfect for that. Beets. Um, beets. I, I think ice cream should be a fifth way in any challenge, right? <laughs> oh. You know what, Sarah? I am here for that. We should be seeing <laughs> more little, ice cream. a little dessert on the side. Yeah, yeah. We would all be happier. Or a cocktail. Could you use I've like a cheese juice? ice cream before. That's yeah. It's totally like good. Blue cheese mm. ice cream, I feel like. Oh, I have thing. had blue cheese ice cream, Wait, yeah. Can you just do... Can you just do ice cream five ways though? Just like you're using like like a Ben and Jerry's pint of like Cherry Garcia, and like you're just I'm so gonna do five, five scoops of ice cream. No, no, no. But like, look, I guess I don't know how you're gonna do it. No, no, you're gonna I eat think... it five. No, it's the same ice cream, but you have to eat it five different ways. Five times, oh, easy. So you got spoon, you got licking. licking. Yeah, you've got melted and then dripped. Yeah, slurped. sandwiched. Sandwiched for sure. Oh no no! I'd take a take a chunk of it. You stab it and turn it upside down. You make an ice cream pop. Mm. Oh, I like a pop. Ooh, I also I yeah. let mine, like I'm gonna let mine melt and then do a tincture. <laughs> I'm not sure that's what a tincture is, but I like you put a liquid in the dripper. Put it like yeah. on your on the back of your wrist. <laughs> I'm gonna dehydrate it. It'll fight off scurvy. Oh, I love it. Um, oh, Jane here's says, another way. Another way of things. Spin it like cotton candy. So like spun, yeah, yeah, or you just like into a sweater, get mm. it into like a, a an easel, uh, an easel. So you're trying to make a cheddar sweater, a loom, a loom. Thank you, not an easel, a loom. Yeah, weave it. <laughs> um, Jane said that the cheese uh, the she would choose was Gruyere because she likes Gruyere, and my five preparations would be sliced, shredded, cubed, grated, and melted. <laughs> sliced and shredded and grated. Yeah, I love it. Oh, it's guys, perfect. I just. I used we we shredded Gruyere recently on a on a box shredder. I hate box shredders so much now. Like I oh. was like, I, uh, like I was. This is the first time that I've like not bought a pre shredded. I think and mm. uh, we made French onion soup. And I, I do not love cleaning box box graters. That's like oh, that's oh no 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 no, 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 no. Yes. yeah yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta say the 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 humble uh, dish brush is uh, quite a good. It is good. Also, that. I think the key is you you have to rinse it right away because yeah, cheese hardens real it. fast and. It mm-hmm. becomes unpleasant. So if you yeah, can soak it right out, I love cheese. Far but away from it sponge. sucks to clean up. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. All. Oh, I, what I love is when you have cheese in something in a in a Tupperware and you microwave it, and it somehow turns molten with the plastic and combines to make lava. Uh, I don't know how hey, that happens? Real fast, Alex. Don't microwave Tupperwares. Get yourself some glass. Uh, yeah. Then. Things. Yeah. They're like, just so heavy and hard to stack. Yeah. Well, I mean, like they're heavy, but like you know, they should be nest- nesting, right? Like they're different sizes. The, the glass ones, they I feel like if you put glass stuff nesting, it feels like it's you're gonna break it. Mm. Well, you don't though. The, yeah, you don't. Don't. Oh, you just that don't. way. Yeah. doesn't break. Um, well, that sounds like a challenge, Sarah. Okay, get back to us. First, have your mustard, and then tell us <laughs> <laughs> the first ever live Pyrex breaking on our podcast. <laughs> um. All right, so from the final thoughts on the elimination challenge of our five ways. We talked Jeez. a lot about like the people who were on the bottom, but like Shoda's dish was so impressive, like unreal. That, oh, I, so cool! Oh, it it immediately made me feel so bad for my bold prediction last week is that Shoda was going to be eliminated. I felt like the yeah. biggest idiot <laughs> watching him just absolutely obliterate this. Yeah. Well, so we're we're very close to the finale. So um, now with our top three. Um, with with Shoda, uh, Don, and um, Gabe, um, what's your uh, what's your feeling? How do you guys want this to end? 
who do you want to see cook off and then who do you want to win? I would love to see um, Don and Shota actually, because I think I find their food the most interesting. Yeah. Yep. Uh, yeah. And, you know, I don't know if like I would be fine with any of these chefs winning the like possible asterisk with Gabe. I mean, that asterisk is what's really driving me nuts right now as it's getting closer to the end is like if if Gabe wins, it's going to be really unpleasant and his food seems incredible, but I just don't want a sex pest as the champion of Top Chef this year. it's just a bummer. I just I don't know about that. But like a legend. No, yeah, I mean, but it's, it's like he was. It's I, this is this is past a legend. He was fired for it, and um, <sighs> since this started airing, he was fired for sexual harassment. Like this is this is pretty clear. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, yeah, there, it's we yeah. don't know the specifics, but yeah, it's a bummer, and and that's the thing is like it's just it does cast this pall over it when like that's clearly. You know, like everyone's friends with it. It's just a bummer. Well, it's all like but he's it, in. He was in. He's in Seattle right now, doing like a pop up event with Shoda and right. like five other chefs from the season. It's like Sasha, Roscoe. Yeah, I saw that. Brittany oh, seems so fun. And like, and it, it. I listen. They, they, the people on the show are still friends with them. I, I. It just like, it's, it's tough for me. The the. It seems like this is Shoda's season. Like he's been such a clear personality from episode two on. Like he was good in episode one, but episode two, like he's one of the most like magnetic people in the cast, and it, it's just really foregrounded his sort of like progression progression as a chef. And one thing that I think has been a trend on the show is like Japanese chefs. And Japanese, like chefs with Japanese expertise, have not traditionally done well on Top Chef. Yeah, uh, that's been a thing where there's been lots of seasons where chefs who have like this great Japanese technique don't get with the challenges as quickly and as yeah. I mean, that's hats. and that's what was so incredible about this one was even he was worried that trying to stay with his traditional technique would make it not as aggressively cheesy as some of the other dishes. Um, and so it's really cool to see that it was that. I mean, I don't know how you could do five ways and not taste it, but yeah, yeah especially I, if you put it with tofu. So there's not a lot of competing flavors. I, I gotta say, I was I was surprised that you know the guy who said, "Yeah, I think I'm gonna make a cheese dashi." Oh was God. was the guy who won? I'm I like, yeah, what? Just, the phrase is so incredible. Uh, like I, this is right after I had like a hamburger and some like really like way too many waffle fries, and Tanya and I were just like watching this cheese episode, going like, I I could never eat any of this. This it, this <laughs> I, I'm so excited for this dish. I would love to see what this would actually yeah, taste like. But I, I, I would love to see I, Shoda and Dawn in the final as well. Yeah. And I I think actually looking at the so there's the weird thing i mentioned before about conspiracy theorists about top chef the weird thing is acting like the show has a secret devious plan as opposed to the editors already know the outcome and they're editing towards it yeah right it's over when they start working on the show so they do know the ending it's like they're trying to guide anyway but i do feel like dawn has had like an editing logic that would make sense for her winning as well and i i feel like her also, just like, yeah, her early story about Olympic business just makes it seem like uh, she's going to be the one who is really ready for this competition at the final and just just be perfect execution. Um, so I would be very happy to see them cook off. And if it weren't for the asterisk, I would also be very excited for Gabe. But I'm not. Yeah, right I now. love the food. I love what he's doing with it. I but, love the moles. Uh, yeah. Uh, but I also feel like Gabe, to an extent, 
he he has not done a good job of keeping his powder dry on certain things because like i mean i've he, never he's kind of out of moles he's done all the yeah he's done all the mole he can do he took his mole powder and wetted it yeah i mean like granted mole. he did the thing with the apple that was very sciencey and cool and it was very know. cool but it was also what he did with the plum right wasn't it basically the same thing Mm, no, the the plum was just plum was just temperature where he's going to go really low and slow with it. I thought I, he didn't do it. Yeah, he maybe he did, so he did something to the pectin here. I I wish I had actually written that down and done some research on what you, he was doing with the, to harden the pectin. But boy, I would love a slow baked fruit. It turns out that sounds really yeah. really good. Um, anybody else thoughts on finales or last thoughts? I on? just got to say, I think we're we're both. Uh, I have a feeling that we're backing the winning. Horses here uh, with Shota and Don, which yeah. is just to say, like each of them culinarily, um, I think has more to do and say with shellfish um, than potentially. Well, game. that's 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 an interesting point. Yeah, I think we're and so there's an edge feels there, appropriate right? for them. Yeah, there's an edge, and I'm not like we've seen so many times that somebody who is favored, you know, is the one to go home. I'm not saying that it's that, but I, I certainly do feel hopeful going into next week. Yeah, absolutely. I'm Anybody still not sure exactly how the Magic Elves will manage to bring Abishar back, but I'm really excited to see it. <laughs> you know, uh, Tanya was like, uh, hey, is there LCK after this one? And I'm like, nope, that's that's been done for a little while. She's like, I don't know. Are they just doing... They might just do it again. Yeah. Just for whatever. Sure. There's definitely yeah. a possibility. Um, all right. Let's talk about Portland since the last time they departed Portland uh, from zero to five stumps. How well did this episode showcase Portland? Um, first, I'm going to go to Jade number one, who said, The excitement of going to the coast was obviously that of people who have never felt the frigidity of Oregon's oceans. Um, it is, for sure, a different coast experience than California beach people are used to. But probably very similar to your Seattle coast, Yeah, uh, so Chris. Th- that's like, I was going to say, our vacations when I was a kid was going to the Oregon coast because it was like, look at these beautiful beaches, unlike our spiny fish-covered, like, <laughs> right. razor-sharp, barnacle-infested beaches. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the thing about Cannon Beach is so fun is not the water, which we've all agreed is terrible yeah. and cold but the beach because of the the way it is the beach is super wide so yeah. it's, or it's super deep from shoreline to like when it stops weird. being sand so you can play in the sand you can do all this Fly stuff kites, you can look at the weird rock yeah, oh there's yeah a bunch of cool tide, tide pools, pools yeah. Oh, yeah yeah and it's the, yeah oh kite flying oh it's such good kite kite yeah. terrain um, like i saw a guy buddies? once put there are well Probably not on Cannon Beach, but you can drive on a lot of the Oregon beaches, which is actually pretty off-putting when people go screaming by you in a Jeep. But other than that, I like them. Well, the best way to get around. Am I correct in saying that Cannon, that's the beach where the Fratellis drive at the beginning of Goonies? (gasps) Yes, that is Goonies Beach for sure. Um, it's also featured in Twilight um, and other th- a bunch of it's things. It's very scenic. It's yeah. a c- beautiful scenic, yeah, area. Yeah. Um, the other thing is that we've we've definitely gone and done that Tillamook factory tour, and I mentioned this earlier, but the the Tillamook. Okay, big fan of Tillamook, especially that black uh, aged cheddar. It's really excellent. But the tour, the factory tour. The problem is that cheese making is almost entirely inside uh, of a tank. There's very little active cheese making in cheese making. You mostly put it in a tank and then leave it for a while. And so it's a pretty uneventful tour. The best part of the Tillamook tour, though, is them weighing out the logs. So they 
it, it's it's a very long log, and then they cut them into approximate weight, and then there's a person whose job it is to weigh it, and then either shave off a little bit to get it to the perfect weight, or add a shaving from another log until it is the perfect weight. And that's the only like exciting factory part of it. The rest of it is just you're looking at a variety of different steel tanks. Has anyone ever um, volunteered at a food bank? I have, in fact, because like uh, there's a station basically that is that, which is pretty fun. So Shaving like, cheese, not well. It was, it. it was for when I was there. It was like uh, it was bagging rice and making sure that the rice was exactly one pound. Oh yeah, yeah. We, I did a oh, lot of cold cool. meal into weighed bags. Yeah, and, and so you and just like a little more, like a, you had like a big scoop and you had your little scoop for like and you get really good at it, which is fun. Like you, you get to really know what a pound is, like you know, like by touch. Uh, yeah. So yeah. I bet that person is such a good cheese shaver. <laughs> yeah, the cheese shaver is very skilled. Um, also, just um, talking about Oregon cheese really quick, I wish we could have had Steve Jones on this episode, who is a famous Portland cheesemonger, formerly of Steve's Cheese, and a bar that we used to love called Cheezu, which is no mm. more, sadly, but was a sort so of... Good. He, they, they build it as sort of um, sushi-style cheese, but essentially it was like, you'd be like, I have this much money, and they would bring... You'd just tell them how much money you have, and they would give you that much cheese um from a variety of cheeses on a plate and it was just the most incredible yeah. wow it was a really fun time really enjoyed cheese if you gave them like if you gave them a lot menus. of money do you get them a lot of a lot a lot of cheese if you're like i have a thousand dollars if you give them a lot of money you get still not that much cheese it's very expensive um i can give them all my money then yeah i wouldn't give them everything a thousand dollars you'd probably be full at the end okay it was definitely a good place to go eat, to spend a lot of money and still need dinner. Um, but it was really delicious. And boy, did Steve know his cheeses. There was some really fun variety of cheese there. Um, yeah, and you can tell me the, like how much, how, how farmy do you like it and how adventurous you were feeling. And he'd give you a lovely variety of, uh, of different cheeses from around the world. Anyway, it was I, great. I'm too picky with cheeses. I could never do that because like I'd go and be like... I, I will give you $1,000, but I really just want Gruyere and cheddar. Well, you could also pick your cheese. You don't have to put it yeah. in your hands. That was just a fun way to do it. But yeah, you could still order there. Yeah, I, I uh, wish I had that li- the the liberation, to <laughs> the, the flexibility to just like give myself over to the journey like that. Uh, there's not many places I would recommend it, but certainly if you ever meet Steve. Um, so anyway, so for me, I say five stumps. This was a classic Oregon day. I thought everything was really well done. I thought we got to see Pele. Uh, and um, Gregory being happy and Ch- Ch- Tillamook in the coast was great. Um, I feel like I can give it uh, three stumps and two cheese curds. Ooh, <laughs> Excellent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I guess we should be doing this in logs. Um, oh, yeah. Cheese yeah. logs. <laughs> I mean, I'd, I'd probably say it felt like three stumps from a Portland standpoint, but then two like frigid uh, bonfires. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so many cold bonfires. Yeah. Um, all right, we have a couple. Anybody else thoughts on stumps? Seems like we're in agreement. Currently researching if I can drop ship Tillamook ice cream to myself because it's so good. It's very good. Big fan. Big fan of all the local sponsors. That's, a, that's one that I've enjoyed right, very much. Here's the other question: because like all season long, Tillamook prominently featured in every episode. Then they get <laughs> one episode devoted to their company. Did Tillamook pay twenty five million dollars? I, I presumably they paid a good portion of the operating budget for this season. Yeah, I'm just trying to think of like how much Tillamook put into this season to get this return on investment because like I I, I can't imagine or I can't remember a, a company that size that's been so prominently featured on Top Chef. Yeah, yeah that's like a good BMW. Point. 
Right. Yeah, there was a lot of BMW. But every time, my, my favorite part of Tillamook's brand in this series is that every time they're in like the hangout before or after a challenge, Shoda is just housing a pint of Tillamook ice cream by himself. <laughs> Wait, no, no, we looked no, into this. No, it's yogurt. That was Siggy's yeah. yogurt, dude. Was it really? He definitely yeah, was having yogurt, yogurt ice this time, cream in another it was one. Also like this time, six forty-five in the morning. Or no, something. it's oh, okay. always been yogurt. It looks Has really it? similar because I, I thought it was ice cream the first time too. But mm, no, it's okay, it's just fancy mind. yogurt. What well, kind of yogurt? Siggy's. It's oh, like the Icelandic, Icelandic style. Okay. Yeah. Got it. Interesting. You guys, there's a stop and shop a mile and a half away from me that sells Tillamook. Go, nice. run. And you run. can get it over Do it. on the Quick. East Coast. Alex, oh while Alex is doing that, go get your uh, mustard. No. no. <laughs> spoon, 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 spoon. All right, so we're going to take a, a brief dip instead of that into. <laughs> It's time for the mailbag. Chris, I really appreciate you, even though you don't like it, playing the mailbag song when you were still yep. in charge to keep the it's, theme going. It's, it's the bit. Um, so just a couple quick mailbags today. First from Jane on Facebook. Um, one thing that I noticed during the walkthrough, Tom joked with Gabe not putting a mole or chili on this challenge. With the addition of Nina as part of the all-star panel, it reminded me of season 11 when Nicholas complained that Carlos seemed to only cook Mexican food. Season 18's top five had two chefs proudly putting Mexican food in front of the judges every week and zero chefs being dicks about it. So that is a good amount of progress. I agree with that. Yeah, Sami is a talented chef, but did not have a point of view that was reflected. We did not love his personality all of the time. Yep. Um, but yeah, Sorry, Sarah, is... what was that? I was just saying, I think overall there's been less complaining about this chef only does this because I think maybe there's more of a recognition that to be a great chef, you don't have to do every single type of cuisine. Like you can just be really good at your wheelhouse. Yeah, nobody expe- like in real life, no one is like, man, this restaurant is just all Mexican food. Why isn't there <laughs> a pasta dish? Yeah. And I think that might be some. That it, I I think that reflects like the sort of like ebbs and flows of Top Chef over the years, where bef- like it sort of started as like you should all do like one classic style, and then in the middle range of Top Chef, it was more about being like an all around pro. And the later seasons have sort of embraced people being like specialists. Uh, I I think like the last few seasons have looked more at like. Uh, you have Joe Flam, who's like all about Italian. Like I, I think the pe- <laughs> the the chefs who have done well and been celebrated get that because they sort of master their style. Yeah, I think what's great on the show is when, like, or what what doesn't work on the show is when you either refuse to bend towards the challenges or you do all challenges and don't do any of you. The thing that works great on the show is when you have your style. And then you make adjustments to meet the challenge, like making a cheddar dashi, where you're still doing your style of food, but also listening to the requirements. And like that intersection might be something that's very interesting and we haven't seen ver- seen before. But if you are all on one side or the other, that's when it's disappointing. And the people who are doing really great this year is like, yeah, watching somebody make cheddar dashi or like it's another mole, but it's on this different thing that you're working on for this challenge this week. So, yeah. And how does that go with yeah. stuff? And yeah. yeah, I hear you. I hear you. Um, one more thought from Jay. And I know it's going to be hard giving COVID restrictions from the time, but I really hope the rest of the cast comes back for the finale. 
I thought it would be hard to love a season following All-Stars 2 Electric Boogaloo, but the camaraderie between the chefs made season 18 one of my top three of the series. How are you guys feeling overall about this season? Are you as positive about that? Yeah, I love it. Yeah, me too. Yeah, me too. I do too. I, I really like it. This season um, has been so good, I genuinely believe that they should blow up the show. <laughs> like, the, this oh, season Kyle. has been so good that it, like, I don't feel like I'm crazy for suggesting this. That's how good. I know you don't feel that way, but you are. It's not. It's not how you feel. Is not the issue. It's how you sound. It's look. Maybe you'd feel better if you had some uh, mustard right now. Stop. Their team. No, it's kind of like if you take one great thing, like say, like you know, I know a mustard, and you add another great thing, which is say like a relish, and it's like it's together those two great things. It's synergistically great for any time. Mustard. I'm just not doing it on the show. I have a show to run, (laughs) which is who demands that you eat mustard. I don't know what the problem is. It's not the show. It's you. The show would run smoother if you just did this little thing. It's in your home. You don't really have to go anywhere. It's in the other room, and I have headphones on. All right. Also in the mailbag, Allison. Um, oh, Allison sent us a great message. Um, just saying hi. Um, Allison says, nice. we're, hey. we're never going to catch up with the show to be live, but so I have nothing to contribute to the mailbag, but I'm loving this season of Top Chef and Pack Your Mics, and I just wanted to say hello. Uh, oh, we're thanks. in Houston, and I'm so into Dawn's food, I can't wait to start restaurant stalking her around town. Yeah. So it's fun. Very cool. And also just a fun, here's a fun high from the past, because you're not going to hear this for a while, but when oh. you do, what's up, Allison? Yeah, How's it going? This, this is where we were when we got your message. I see. Yeah. So she's she's not caught up on our show, but she is right. caught up so on So she can't contribute to the current discussion, oh. but just wanted to say enjoying this season um, so far. Got it. So yeah, we're way in the future for her at this moment. And that's it for the mailbag. If you guys have any uh, questions, comments, or uh rowdy ideas of who should get fired get in there uh podcasts or just podcast either way s or not s at read will get to us Ooh, also could, wait would, would mustard at no nope. no nope, nope. that work i guarantee that will not get anywhere um and we'll also it. you can fill it out on our facebook and twitter and you can go to our uh, there's also a forum feedback form on the website also probably instagram i would get anyway just get, get in touch with us we'd love to hear from you we have two more weeks we have two more episodes so next week they're gonna whittle down to two. I've said this before, but I'm always a fan of a three-person finale. So I, I'm not, I don't, I wouldn't yeah. mind if they kept somebody around. But yeah, but I'm also really not a fan of it's a three-person finale, but only two of you move on after the first dish. Oh so, yeah, that's, right, that's even that's worse for the sure. Worst. Yes. You're so right. Absolutely. Yeah. So um, I also don't like a finale where in the middle of the second dish, Avishar is added. <laughs> <laughs> So I don't know. I hope that doesn't happen. But I'm feeling Ez is here for it. He yeah. starts as a suit, and then he gets like uh, like a battlefield promotion. Oh, I Ohio love style. <laughs> like, okay, yeah. I oh man. So they're okay. So so Avishar is the sous chef. Someone's using the mandolin, cuts their finger, and is like, "I need to leave." And then Avishar finishes the meal, but weirder, and then wins. That's a, that's a show. Yeah, I'm into it. I'm into it. Um, also, oh man, it sounds like very exciting at the, at the end here. Um, anyway, get in touch with us. Let us know your thoughts, your bold predictions, who you would fire if you had a choice. And we will be back with more Pack Your Mics next week. Um, so thank you for being here, Megan. Thanks for hanging out with me. Thank you. I usually go backwards, but I forgot. Thanks for being here, Ez and Sarah. Um, you were muted for a second, but when you come back and say goodbye, um, th- thanks for being here, Sarah and Kyle. It's really nice. Hey, thank you. Happy birthday. 
stock. One of you? Eat that, <laughs> you know the best gift you could give me? Yeah. A spoonful of dill mustard in that mouth. <laughs> it's, too, it's too late now. It's all over. And thanks for joining us, Chris. It's great chatting with of you. Of course. And thanks yeah. again for uh, keeping this seat warm for me. It feels oh, nice. Oh, sure. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, no eliminations this week. Actually, it kind of was er- as in Sarah because of the noise. So I muted you and now you're not back. Ha ha. You're that, eliminated. Take that. Um, it's weird because Chris did not finish his plate today, but oh well. Uh-oh. Nope. Okay. I thought well, you were going to say something. Well, ain't bad. I don't know. <laughs> All right. Oh, wait, we, sorry. We're muted. Oh, here's the weird thing. We were muted on, you muted us on our side, but we were already muted on our own. Oh, okay. We double so we were muted like, you. We, I'm muted. Anyway. Hey, we're back. Chris, you go home. <laughs> <laughs> it's only fair. All right. Bye, everybody.